0: Okay, all right, that's where when I was a little boy, (laughs) all right, we're going to be in Psalms 32, Psalms 32, hallelujah, and we're talking about hide-and-seek, Hide and seek. Isn't that another wonderful thing. Brian talked about it the other week about how he used to play hide and seek, and uh, and all those things that come with hiding and seeking. The um, at that same time, I think that same night that he was referring to that, our, our house was under construction. That we and so all those boys that were there playing hide and seek were going to stay in the house that was under construction. That was going to be their Tent that night, so they laid their sleeping bags and all that out everywhere. And Cheryl and I were next door, sleeping at at uh, Joanne and Sonny's house. And about three o'clock in the morning, there was a knock on my window. And I looked out the window, and it was all about six or eight of those boys. They had rakes, they had a, a every kind of thing they could put in their hand, you know, because. Some friends of ours who live way back behind us in a neighborhood way behind us came over during the night knowing that they were, were going to be staying there that night. His son was one of them and started making noises <laughs> in the uh, under the house there. And so they got all the, the tools that they could get their hands on and running around this whole pack of boys, anywhere from about 12 to about 15 or something like that, running around trying to figure out who that was and... And then it wasn't long. This particular man, his, he was either on the sheriff's department at the time or friends with it. They call the sheriff's department. Next thing you know, sheriff's deputy comes out to the car, calls to these boys, whatever. They just had them in a wonderful night. So sometimes hiding and seeking goes to a new level. And so, uh, but I looked out the window and I saw them, like the little rascals, all out there with those, all those <laughs> items. So That was a funny night. But anyway, yeah, hiding and seeking. You know. Today, I want to talk about the hiding part. And the next week, I want to talk about the seeking part. And, um, you know, many of us hide well, don't we? We hide our feelings, we hide our emotions, we cover up so much. And it's hard for us to, to really share what goes on in our life. It's hard for us to, to, to talk about things, you know, husbands and wives, you know, are you okay? I'm fine. Right? Anybody you ever heard that in the house? Huh? Everything okay? It's fine. The moment the word fine is used, you know you're in trouble, gentlemen. You know that life is in a greater sense of urgency than you've ever known before. So if you're wondering, well, she said she was fine. When she's saying she's fine, that means she is not fine. She's extremely upset about something that you did or that your children did. Or that she thought you did. Or she thought your children did. Okay? It's important that we understand that many of us, many people have difficulty expressing themselves until it's too late. And then they explode. Anybody, you ever had anybody explode on you? Huh? <laughs> Kyle's like... <laughs> For no reason, right? Like... You know they you know some men say if i if I come home from work on time, I'm in trouble. if I come home for work early, I'm in trouble, and if I come home for work late, I'm in trouble. You know, no matter what happens. we all are looking for things, and I'm not picking on you, ladies. I'll give you a great day next week for Mother's Day, but we all have those moments that where we hide our emotions and we hide our feelings, and then we bring it into the church, we bring it into our relationship with our Heavenly Father, because we've never really, truly understood on how we're supposed to express ourselves. And, and then we, we get confused from what is information and then how we really feel. And we get out of balance many times. and when we get in our prayer closet and, and we say that no one really cares or no one understands or no one's hearing me, no one's listening then we are in a very hard place many times. And, and we don't know what to do or where to go or where do we get help or if anyone's really listening. And so that's what I want us to talk about today, that hiding place so that we can know where we can get help and hope. I'm going to share some verses. Brian's going to put them on the screen, but I'm going to share one before he does that. one in Job chapter 31, verse 33. and it says, If I cover my transgressions, transgressions as Adam by hiding my iniquity in my bosom many times we have issues and difficulty in our life and we've we've done things or we've said things or we've been a part of things that we know is not pleasing to to the Lord or even to our in our home we have those moments and those times where we've done that and so what do we do? We hide our iniquity in our heart, hoping and believing and trusting that no one will ever see or no one would ever do, no harm and no foul. And we, we've done that. So here Job in his life and all that he was going through, that's what he was talking about. He was hiding things in his heart, hoping that no one would find out what they were. And see, we have to be careful and understand that even though we hide it today, things always find a way of coming out. Oh, me. So we want to talk about a good, safe place to hide. Good, safe place to hide. So Psalms 32. Brian, if you'll put that up for me. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. You're my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. And you surround me with songs of victory. Very important. Your hiding place in your hiding place, what you do in your hiding place determines your outcome. What you do in that place where you separate yourself from everything and everyone else determines your outcome. Many times when we go to those places that are we're secluded, that's where people have their issues. Who you and I are when we are alone is who we are. That's scary. So what you do, what you say when you're all by yourself is who you really are. Think about it. Think about it. In front of people, we hide our emotions. In front of people, we hide our feelings. In front of people, we hide our secret sins. But when we're by ourselves, that's when we find ourselves doing the things that we know are not pleasing to God. That's when we find ourselves doing those things that that we would never be seen doing in public or in a situation with church or people or anyone else. We may say or do or watch or be a part of something that we would have never done before. And see, it's really important that we understand that in that hiding place, that there's protection and hope, but it de- depends on what we're doing in that hiding place. So we're going to go to a passage in the Old Testament. So Brian, if you pull up that. There, this is in 1 Samuel 24, verse 1, starting there for about eight verses. And what we're going to do is talk about David, King David. Now David, as you know, was a mighty warrior. He, he'd he already killed Goliath. And uh, all that great victory there, and the people danced and sang. So, so David had all of Israel literally following him, and Saul was a very jealous king, and we know that. We know Saul had some mental issues. And so Saul was seeking to kill David. So all these things were happening, and, and Saul was in battle, and that's what this is was talking about. After Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of Engedi. So he, now he, Saul was in battle, and he was there as he was, and they were fighting. When that battle was over, he then turned his attention to go after David. This was before David became king. Ah, So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops. Think about that now. You're David and you have a handful, maybe several hundred men. And Saul chose 3,000 of his elite troops, his best fighters, uh, from all Israel and went to search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. So now all of a sudden... Here's David, he's hiding out, and he has his men, they're loyal to him. They're in a cave, they're in a mountainside. And while they're there, Saul then turns his attention from battle and goes after him with, like, special forces. This is like Delta Force times 3,000. You know, 3,000 men coming after him, Navy SEALs coming after him. His best warriors are coming after David right now so he's hiding in the rocks he's hiding on the side of the mountain and in a cave at the place where the road passes some sheepfold Saul went into a cave to relieve himself but as it happened David and his men were hiding further back in that very cave sometimes you just have to go Now's your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. Stop there for a moment. Now in the Old Testament, when a king was defeated, they would parade that king straight down the middle of the street. And they would cut out the backside of his clothes so you could see his backside out of shame. Because you could tell how large the king was, his kingdom was, by how long the train was of his robe. So they literally cut that off to let everybody know that he was defeated. He no longer had a kingdom and they put him to shame. So David went in and cut off a piece of his, the hem of his robe of his robe there and he did that not to put shame to him but as you'll see in a moment so he could then say to him i was there i could have taken my liberty and taken your life And so he cut off the piece of the hem of saul's robe but then david's conscience began bothering him because he had cut saul's robe now think about that for a moment How many times in our secret quiet place that we would go to do something and all of a sudden the Spirit of God begins speaking to us and brings in that conviction that where you are, what you're about to do, what you're about to be a part of is not pleasing to me. So here's David. He had every right to take care of Saul in the natural. He had every right as far as kingdom to kingdom to kill Saul and to take over by force the kingdom he had every right to do what was there before him many times you and i in our life have been wrong many times you and i in our life have been people have falsely accused falsely done things to us and then in the natural and in the flesh you have every right to defend yourself and to go after that person legally you're good but in the heartbeat of God and how He's dealing with you and how He's directing your steps. And when God is dealing with you, you you and I no longer doing what is legal and what is acceptable in society. We're following after the order of the living God and what He determines and, and tells us in our heart, that's what we must follow. I didn't get an amen on that one. How we live our life, how we do those things that are necessary in our life, We must follow after the the precepts of the living God and His Word. And when He tells us something, we must follow what He is saying. Amen? Amen. It's not whether it's acceptable or not or legal or not. There are many things in our society that are legal and acceptable, but in the house of God it is not. As a child of God it's not. Amen? Amen? And you and I need to do that. We follow a different order. We follow a different thing. This isn't legalism. This is what's pleasing and acceptable to God. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord, the king. I, should, I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. Saul was anointed by God through the, the prophet Samuel to be the king. So he didn't go after him. He didn't go and just attack him. What did he do? He found a way to trust God and let God do the work. Amen? So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. After Saul had left the cave and gone on his way, David came out and shouted after him, My Lord, the King. And when Saul looked around, David bowed low before him. Now we're talking about a man who had killed Goliath. We're talking about a man in battle that he was the most feared man in all of the land, was David. That no one defeated him, no one won in battle against him, and at every turn that David and his men were mighty, not only in battle, but in mighty in how they did it. They brought utter shame and defeat to everyone that they ever encountered. And so here was the most fierce man in all of Israel, all that whole region of the world. And yet he comes out and he had every right to go after the king, but he didn't. And he picked up, as you'll find in the rest of that chapter, the hem of his garment. he called out to Saul and said, hear my voice. If I wanted to have killed you, to have you killed, I could have had that done. I wanted you dead. I wanted my own way. I would have done that. But that's not my heart. You know, he goes on to proclaim how that, that literally how that, that Saul was king and you know, the anointed one, and he could not go after that. And he bowed before him. And as a result of that, Saul was trying to take his life. So what does Saul do? Saul repented and call David his son there on that spot. Many times we face things in life and we see things in life and and the reason the hiding place is so important when we go there and we our hope is found in the Lord our help is found in the Lord and we do our our warfare we do our bidding we do our listening we do our surrender in that quiet place in that hiding place when we do that the Lord is the one who fights our battle the Lord is the one who goes before us the Lord is the one who is our provider he's the one who does all those things when we bow our knee before him God then takes over and does the work that we need done see many times I'd say Lord I need you to do this Lord help me blah 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 and then the next thing I know I'm down here doing it Hmm. I'm a doer. You know, whatever my hand findeth to do, do with all my might. That's scriptural. I'm a doer. I like fixing things. How many of us men in here are fixers? Come on. I'm, I'm just three of us, four of us. How many of you ladies are fixers? Okay. How many of you ladies tell your husband what to fix? Not Jesus. <laughs> It's important that we understand that many times we pray, we seek God, we put ourselves in that position to hear His voice, but before anything else happens, what do we do? We take over and take ownership of it, and we say, God, I got this. But in the hiding places where we do the battle, in the hiding places where we do the bidding, and in the hiding places where we hear the voice of God, and when we surrender to Him there, God in His greatness does a greater work outside of that battle outside of that place. Uh, Brian, if you want to go to it, I didn't give you this earlier, Psalm 17, and then we're going to be in verse 5, uh, probably through 8, so I'll give you a moment, but I'm going to read from Psalms five, 17, verse 5, in the King James, I'm going to read, but he may put it up in the NIV, which is good. I believe this particular passage could have been written as a result of what happened in, in uh, the earlier passage, where, where David is hiding in the caves. <clears throat> Verse five it says, "Hold up my goings in thy paths, that my footsteps slip not." They were on the side of the caves and in the cave, on the mountain and in the caves where the sheep goats climb. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God, and climb thy ear unto me and hear my speech. One of the things I have found in this walk is this, that every one of us at some point in our life will get our BSD degree. You know what a BSD degree is? It's called the backside of the desert. Every one of us at some point We'll have to get along with God, and we will have to trust and believe Him. No one else can do that for us. We can hear other people's stories which are encouraging. We can hear other people's truths that God has put in them which is encouraging. And we can know that God did that for my granddaddy and my mama, but there's a time that we need God to do it for us. You know, just like there's a time in your life and in my life, we've got to find a place that where we can get along with God that we know is our place and our place of hope and safety. It's our hiding place. How many of you ever played capture the flag? When you were on home base, you were safe. When you and I are in that place to where we're in His hand and we're covered by Him, Church, we are safe. We have the confidence and the assurance that he's 100% in control. But no one else can find that place but you. Your place may be by our lake. Your place may be in a basement. Your may place may be in an attic. Your place may be by your bed. Your place may be in your living room, in your chair. Your place is somewhere where it's you and God. And you get there and you know beyond a shadow of doubt that is your meeting place and when you get into that meeting place and in that time there's something that happens that's where you see and hear his voice that's when you know that you know that you know that there's God there's a God and he is your heavenly father he has changed you and he's in control of your day and your world and no one can take that from you In the society we live in today, we're always looking for answers to why God is not real and why God is not uh, uh, working for us today. Why it's not something that's great. We try to put God into one big category to include Him into all gods. And that's not the case. That can't happen. God doesn't allow that. Our Heavenly Father doesn't allow that. There's only one God and one hope. And you and I are just... Fortunate by the grace of God that we've heard that and received that and we can live that. But we need to know Him and we don't need to share who He is with other gods. We need to have Him singular in our life. And we need a hiding place. We need a place that's just for us and Him. The good news is my hiding place get, becomes everywhere. Everywhere. Now matter where I am or what's going on, I can see and talk and encounter him and he can speak to me anywhere, anytime. But I do have specific places that I go that I, when I need to just get me and him. And I need to tune out everything else and everyone else. And there are times in your life you need that. Jesus went on the backside of the desert. The Son of the living God, the, the one who knew no sin... Went and got along with his father, and he was in that wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. It was a hiding place, getting him ready for what, physically, for what he was about to encounter in life. You and I need that. We need that place where we can go, that refuge, that hope. Verse 7 says, To show thy marvelous loving kindness, O Thou that savest by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee and those that rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. <clears throat> you ever wonder why sometimes some people have more favor than others? Hmm? Why is that always, you know, happen good for that guy, not that guy? I can't answer that I wonder that too but I do know this when I spend time in his presence and he is my hiding place he's that place where I separate myself unto and I'm following after him I find that no matter what is happening in my life then I see his hand and I see his goodness that doesn't mean my car is going to run perfect every time It doesn't mean I'm not going to have a water leak in my house. It doesn't mean that somebody at work isn't going to say something to me that may upset me. It doesn't mean that life doesn't have extra bills. It just means that when those things happen, I have a confidence and an assurance that when life goes on, He is greater than the life I am living. And that His peace and His joy is always there with me. But it's when I'm in those hiding places and when I'm not in those hiding places, when I'm not separated unto Him, and when life happens, I find myself in doubt and fear and confusion, and I find myself wondering, in my mind, in my heart wondering. That's why it's important that I have a strong, firm foundation of who He is around me, then I separate myself unto Him in my hiding place, so that when I hear His voice, and when life comes, I'm going to tell you, life's coming. It's coming. Ready or not, it comes. And sometimes it comes in waves. You remember what they used to say? It always happens in threes. You remember that? I don't know that that happens. It just means that we can count to three, you know. But we always say those kinds of things. We always say, you know, yeah, this happened. That's it, you know. God's mad at you. you got a backache, so you must have sin in your life. You remember those statements that people used to say in church, right? And we always try to find a way to protect God. God doesn't need our protection. We need His protection. We need His favor. And when I spend time in His presence, in my hiding place, and what I do in secret, He brings out into the open. Amen? And David had every opportunity every opportunity to take over and do it himself. But then he knew and realized what was right, and he bowed before God and honored the Lord in that moment. And when he did, God exalted him to the highest level. That doesn't make sense, does it, in our society? You know, if you want yours, you go get it. Somebody wrongs you, you go after them, and not only them, but their family. You know how it happens? They hurt one of ours, we hurt two of theirs. You know, those kinds of things. That mentality is not of the kingdom of God. That mentality says, turn the other cheek and bow before God, and then let God fight your battle. That mentality says, bow before that enemy of yours and say, look man, I could have taken your life, but God has given you favor, and I'll just bow before you and let you know that God's got something great for you. Yeah. Wow, that'll mess you up, won't it? When you and I do good, it overcomes evil. And the world we live in, I remember this quote years and years ago, and it was this, All it takes for evil to prosper is for good men to do nothing. But how can we become good men and good women unless we get before a God who is always loving and caring us? We need a place of hiding. We need a place of rest. The other reason I need a hiding place, I need to recoup. I need a place where I can get alone and get restored and refreshed in my heart and my life. Because sometimes we face difficult things, don't we? Sometimes we face things in life that doesn't make sense. And we hear the lie more than we hear the truth. Because the lie is all around us every turn. And then life is weary. It's really weary when you're in life. It's hard. Sometimes in life, I don't see how people make it. I see what they're going through, and I know what I've gone through in life, and sometimes, Lord, I just can't put another step in front of me. Anybody else have those days? But I'm here to tell you, when you get in that hiding place, He restores your soul. His peace comes over you. It doesn't mean your problem has gone away or that life has gone away. It just means He has given you that extra help and strength you need in that moment so you can then stand and walk before Him in that moment. That's what it's about. Life is hard, but God is what? Good. Many times we just lose sight of that. Why? Because we're so busy. I don't know about you, but I have a busy schedule. Anybody else have a busy schedule? But I want to say that in my busy schedule, I'm never too busy. I'm like everyone else. If there's something I want to do, I find the time. And if you have a need, I am never too busy for you. You need to know that. That you can always call, and I will always be available for that. But in the midst of where we are, we get so busy, we hear so much going on around us, that there are times we just want to just... Go brain dead. And we want to get alone or away from something. The problem is where we go to do that. The only place that there is help for us is in his presence. And I'm not telling you to go read 20 chapters. And I'm not telling you what to pray. I'm telling you to get in his presence. And when you get in his presence, you may read 20 chapters. You may read two verses. You may pray for two hours or you may pray for two minutes. But when you're in his presence, all of a sudden, he just does something inside of you that you need. He restores your soul. That's the greatness of God. That's why you need that hiding place. That's why you need that personal relationship with him. In this life of hiding and seeking, many times people hide for fear. But my hiding place is a place of confidence and hope. It's not because I'm afraid of life. It's so I can handle life. It's not so because I'm afraid that people are going to find me and catch me. It's a place where I can go to get the strength and be clothed in His Word and His armor so that when I walk out, He is going before me. No matter what we face in life, It happens in the prayer closet, in the hiding place, before it happens in life. You want God to move? Allow Him to move with you quietly first. And when He does, that hiding place becomes so great. There are days, that's where I want to go. I don't want to go anywhere else. I don't want to be anywhere else. I just want to be in His presence. It may look like I'm just sitting there in no man's land, but I am meditating and thinking about who He is and what He's doing. And I see life, and I see what life is happening in your life and in my life. And as I'm praying there in His presence, all of a sudden I feel restored because of who He is. Find you a place that's just you and Him. Nobody else. And then say to Him, say, Lord, I'm here. Help me in this hiding place. Be honest before Him. David, when he prayed in one of these prayers, he said, Lord, here I am. I'm praying a pure prayer this time. I'm not praying selfishly this time. I'm not praying to get my way this time. That's what he's doing in Psalm 17. I'm not trying to get my own way, God. I want This is an honest, pure prayer. I'm here. And when as a result of it, God just covered him in that place, in that hiding place. Jonathan, if you'll come. Many times when we think about hiding, it's because somebody's after us. When we think about hiding, we think about being in fear of our life. But the hiding place with God is a place where we find hope and help. It's a place where He lifts up and restores you, it's a place where He gives you direction. It's a place where he gives life meaning. It's a place of no fear. And that's where I want to be. So how does this guy handle life better than you? Maybe he has a good hiding place. One of the things I do in the district, part of my job, is To make sure that buildings are secure. So, if something happens on the outside, we can give safe zones and areas on the inside. We've designed things in the schools just for that reason so that teachers can get to a classroom to an area of hiding so that they can be protected. And we think towards that end. That's it. The days of Barney. I'm not Barney. I want you to know that. I thought that was your fault. It was good timing, wasn't it? Uh, But that's my job. That's what I do find places of refuge and help in a time of trouble. So, in that, in life, in those situations, we're trained to know what to look for and finding a place of safety. In our walk with the Lord, He is our hiding place. So when all of life happens and it's coming, it's crowding you in, what do you do? You go to His place, a spot that He has picked out with you that's your place of refuge and hope. You hide in Him. And he covers you with his wings. And as a result of it, he is your protection. You don't have to have fear. You can have hope and confidence that your heavenly father is in complete control. I was really fortunate most of the time with four older brothers. Uh, They loved to put me through the tortures and do different things. But every once in a while, when something would happen that that I would be in difficulty, I have four protectors. You know, and they could pick on me all day long, but the moment you did, you had to go through the four of them. God can chastise me in my hiding place. God can... Give me direction. And God can you correct me in my hiding place. But the moment the world comes after me and I'm in that hiding place with Him and in life itself, not just alone with Him, but in life itself, when it comes, He is the one in control. He's the one who's protecting me. He's the one who's saying, you come to Him, you go through me. It is God. I'm here to tell you, Make Him your hiding place. Father, we come to You. We need You, Lord God. We need the practicality of who You are and what You're doing. We need to know, Lord, that at any moment, at any turn, I can run to You, I can turn to You, and I can find that place of refuge and hope and help and life and restoration and joy and peace and strength when I get in Your presence, Lord God. You are my hiding place. I hope in your word. I hope in your word, Lord God. For I know that I know that I know. I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present nor things to come shall be able ever be able to separate me from your love. Oh God, I stand on that truth. I stand on that truth. Where's your hiding space? Where is it? Where's your place of hope? If you don't have one, go find you one. Because when we do it in the physical, it happens in the spiritual. When we set aside a moment and a time, we set aside a space, and we go there, then we're saying to ourselves, body, this is your place where you're going to get along with the Father. It's a good place to do that. And it changes so much when you set aside a space. Find your hiding place. So I want to ask the Lord now to give you that moment that place i want to ask him to open your heart and literally your eyes to see where that space is in your life father god i ask now that you help us find the space a place to where we can get along with you lord if it's in the yard it's in that place if it's in somewhere in the house give us that space open our eyes lord god if it's on the porch If it's sitting in the driveway in my car, Lord God. Or if it's in the the building out back. Lord, let me find that place. So that Lord, when I'm there, I know that I know that I know that I'm hearing your voice. Lord, no matter where it is, open my eyes so I can see it. I need you to see that now. I need you to see that place right now. I need you to see your hiding place right now. And then make an appointment with your Heavenly Father today to go there and get there. Make an appointment with your Heavenly Father. Say, I'm going to that place today, Lord God, so I can get alone with you. I'm going to get away for a little bit and get in my hiding place so that I can just hear your voice. Lord, life has crowded me in, but you're greater than my life. You're greater than the moment. You're greater than my circumstances. I now determine to stay in that hiding place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Lord God, help us to understand and let us see the results of being there with you, Lord God. Let us see the results of what happens when we get alone with you. Thank you, Father, for your grace. I pray blessings. I pray encouragement and strength on all here today, Lord God, that they can know your voice and know your word And Lord God, you can order and direct their steps. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's say the wonderful words together. Can we do that? So if you'll stand to your feet. If you'll repeat with me, we will look to Jesus, live this life that He has provided, and we will listen and be guided by the Holy Spirit each day because we love God. We will love our family, friends, co-workers, and neighbors as we reach out to those around us because we love people, and we will reach our community using our gift.